So this morning, I want to, um, we're going to continue this Turning Point series, and I want to talk to you about, uh, share with you another turning point in my life, which is uh, in Psalm chapter 23. How many of you are kind of familiar with that psalm? Well, you know, whenever I was a young, uh, young Christian, um, I, I don't know how long I'd been saved, but it wasn't long, first couple years. And uh, I was working in the oil field, as you probably know that by now. And, um, you know, one of the things that I had to do working in the oil field is, you know, 24-hour call. They, they'll call you, like, whether you're sleeping or not, and say, hey, I need you to go to work. Come on, how many of y'all been in the oil field know what that's like? And so uh, one night, I got a, um, I got a call. Well, let me, let me back up. Before, before I tell you that story, let me tell you another story. I grew up with some siblings. I was one of seven. I had five brothers. I was second to the last. So I had some older siblings. And how many of you know older siblings can be rough on younger siblings? And my grandmother lived right next door. My, my grandfather passed away whenever I was young. And I was visiting my grandmother and uh, stayed there till after dark. And I was going home. And as I was on my way, which was only a few hundred feet to my mom and dad's house, one of my brothers was hiding behind a tree. And as soon as I passed by the tree, they jumped out from behind the tree and scared me. And I didn't touch the ground anymore till I got to my mom and dad's house. How many of you been there? And then another time, I played baseball, and sometimes the games would go after dark, and I'd ride my bike home from the game. I was coming home from a game one night, and uh, I come sliding into my yard. And there was a guy snooping around our house. And whenever I came into the yard like Mach 5, I don't know who got more scared, me or him. But he ran and he tripped over a a tin can. And I'm telling you, I never got off my bike so quick. I jumped off my bike and my bike just kept rolling and hit something. And I I don't think I hit the ground until I hit the front porch and went in the house. Now, I'll tell you those stories because those two stories caused me to get gripped with fear. From that point on, I had this tremendous fear in my life. Fear of the dark and fear of everything. I fear of dying, fear of death. And then to make matters worse, when I was working in the oil field, I had to go to work in the middle of the night. One Saturday, I was working, getting a job ready, and the sales guy that was working alongside of me, he went inside to get the paperwork ready. I was in the warehouse getting the stuff ready, and I heard some screaming, and another guy that was working there said, Todd, come help me. Dave has fallen in the bathroom. We went in the bathroom, started performing CPR. He never came back. He died that day. So you couple my fear already, fear of dying, Dave dies in the warehouse. Now I get a call at two o'clock in the morning, Todd, you got to go to the warehouse and unload a truck. Nobody else is at the warehouse except me and the truck driver. While I was on my way there, I started getting these overwhelming feelings of panic from this fear that I was dealing with. Didn't know what the truck, what time the truck was going to get there. So lo and behold, I got to the warehouse before the truck driver. And I can remember trying to open the gate, the combination on the gate. 
In being so paralyzed with fear, I could barely get the numbers right. Y'all ever been there? And, and I was thinking the whole time, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to quit my job. I cannot continue coming into this warehouse in the middle of the night. And how many of you know warehouses make a lot of noise at night? And there's a lot of places for boogeymans to hide. It's like, I can't do this. I'm quitting, man. And I can remember as I was there, all of a sudden, a scripture came to my mind. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. You ever heard of that? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I began quoting that scripture. And as I was quoting that scripture, I got to verse 4. It says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And whenever I started quoting that scripture, all of a sudden, I just felt a little encouragement. And so I kept quoting it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And as I kept quoting that scripture, all of a sudden, things began to change. This fear that had gripped me for many years of my life since I was a young boy all of a sudden came to a head that day in in Camco on North Bernard Road. And all I can tell you is that as I began quoting that scripture, the spirit of fear's power broke over my life and I went from being fearful to being filled with boldness and confidence, got the door open and was ready to go in the warehouse and face any boogeyman that might have been there. You know, I'm making it light, but it really wasn't funny. When you're dealing with fear, it's not a funny thing. It's, it's a major problem in a lot of people's lives. And whenever I got that revelation that the Lord was with me, something changed that day. And so today I want to try to encourage maybe somebody in here that might be dealing with fear. Psalm 23, verse 4, became a turning point in my life. You know, there's three truths that I learned about fear. Number one is fear is very real, is a very real struggle every human faces. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you're still going to deal with fear. It doesn't matter who you know, you're still going to deal with fear. Listen to what Isaiah 24, 17 says. I see troubles for you. People living in this land, I see fear, pits, and problems all around. Isaiah said fear is all around. I'm wondering how many people are dealing with fear in this room today. We got all kinds of fears. Some struggle with the fear of man. Always worried about what people think. Some struggle with the fear of sickness or cancer. Like, you know, every little ailment, it must be cancer. You ever been there? Some people deal with the fear of bad weather. I mean, I had a grandmother that was so paralyzed with fear of bad weather that it just totally incapacitated her when there was bad weather. But there's fear of, of rats, snakes, spiders. Did I hit your nerve yet? Fear of heights. Fear of tight places. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. There's all sorts of fears. Sometimes we call them phobias. But fear is major. And Jesus warns us to guard against allowing fear to grip our lives. In John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. 
Neither let it be afraid. Over 75 times the Bible says, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why does the Bible so often say, fear not? Well, I think it's quite obvious. Because God knew that you and I would have to battle this thing called fear in our life. Amen. Fear, if not properly dealt with, will paralyze you. And so some God-loving people are gripped and paralyzed with fear. And God wants to deliver us from fear. Josh chapter 7 and verse 5 says the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events. And their courage melted away. How many of you know when you get paralyzed with fear, your courage is going to melt away? Fear paralyzes you. There are all sorts of people that are being paralyzed. You know, paralyzed meanings you're brought to a condition of helpless stoppage, inactivity, or inability to act. It's like you get stunned. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You get stuck in a rut, and you can't move forward in life. And if fear is not dealt with, it'll stop you dead in your tracks. And even though God's got this tremendous purpose and plan for our life, if fear is not properly dealt with, you're not going to move ahead. You know, I almost quit my job. I'm not just pretending. I almost quit my job because I was afraid to go in the warehouse in the middle of the night. You know, fear is major. I remember whenever the ministry door of opportunity opened up for me, I almost never took the step. I almost stayed in the security of the oil field because I was afraid. You know what I was afraid of? I was afraid of failure. I was afraid I couldn't do it. Fear talked to me every day while I was praying about the decision. Fear almost stopped me from going into the ministry. And you know what? Some people... In here, maybe stop dead in their tracks because of fear. Some people never make any friends because they're afraid that somebody else is going to reject them. Some people never get married because they're afraid that they won't be able to make a a marriage work. Fear is real and it's in the church and it's in the body of Christ. And if it's not properly dealt with, fear will paralyze you and keep you from making advancements in life. Do you all believe this this morning? Fear is a spiritual tool that Satan uses to mentally torment God's children. You know, I think Satan says, look, if I can't keep you out of heaven, I'm just going to torment you before you get there. And you know, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. How many of you know fear will torment you? You'll be tormented. John says fear involves torment. Why? Fear causes us to be mentally tormented about things that might happen, that should happen. The, we, the enemy will build this case against us and try to cause us to just give in. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. Paul said fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. God didn't give us that spirit. So listen, if fear is a spirit and God didn't give us that spirit, then where did that spirit come from? Fear is a tool of Satan. Satan will use fear to rob God's people. Listen, somebody said fear is the dark room that Satan's negative thoughts are developed. And if we allow the enemy to work in our life, he will paralyze us so much with fear that we're going to stay home, close all the blinds, and just isolate ourselves from the rest of the world. 
John 8.44, Jesus said of Satan, when he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. How many of you know that Satan is a liar? And one of his most effective tools is using lies. He'll lie to us. He's always telling us lies about ourselves, lies about others, lies about God. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And that's his job. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says, Peter said, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now listen, notice it says he prowls around like a roaring lion. Is he a roaring lion? No, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He's not a lion, but he roars like a lion. Why do lions roar? You know why lions roar? To scare their enemy and get them to go right into the trap of their adversary. And the devil is like a roaring lion. And he's always roaring and telling us negative lies about ourselves and others and about God to get us to go right into his trap. He's a liar. And he's trying to deceive us. You know what? Listen, have you ever been uh, through something like this? I remember growing up, I was, uh, you know, we had seven kids. We didn't have seven bedrooms. So, you know, some of the kids had to bunk up. And I, I remember sleeping one night with one of my siblings and, uh, you know, we had one of those beds that kind of did like that, you know, and so everybody was in the middle of the bed. You know, you ever had one of those? You know, I was, I was the youngest one. So I, they was always, I was always the one in the middle, you know, but I remember waking up one night and I looked in the window and man, there was a man standing at the window. I could see his silhouette. I could see his nose. I could see his hat and he was tapping on the window. I'm sure he was trying to cut the window pane out. And I had the blankets up to here. And I was I was watching him. And as soon as that pane would break, I was going to wake up my brother. But he never got the pane open. And hour after hour. And then he got daylight. And he never broke in. How many of you know that wasn't a man? That was the enemy's lies. You could be laying in bed and the enemy will tell you they got somebody under your bed with a chainsaw waiting for you to step out of bed. And as soon as you step out of bed, you're, you're done. It's all over. But that's how the enemy works. I'm using exaggeration. But how about the little lies that he tells us? Don't you get married? You're not lovable enough to be married to. Isn't that as bad as seeing a silhouette in the window and paralyzing your life all your life because of a little deception and a little lie? See, the enemy is good. He's good. I remember one year, whenever I was in the ministry, I was taking a week of vacation and, and I got out of bed one morning and I almost tripped. And I was lightheaded and I was dizzy. Just a few months, we went pray for somebody who had a brain tumor. So I just knew the reason that's how it started with him. He just lost his balance. And next thing you know, uh oh, I got it, too. So for all week, I was on vacation, should have been resting and relaxing. I'm battling with, oh, oh, this might be my last vacation. I might have a brain tumor. And I'm, I'm not kidding. All week long, I battled the lies of the enemy trying to convince me that I had a brain tumor. But you know what it was? A sinus infection. 
Say, Todd, you are, man, you are, you are glutton. But come on, am I the only one? Am I the only one that the enemy tries to rob? You know, the Bible says that fear will paralyze you. Remember billionaire Howard Hughes, all the money in the world. He dies alone in Mexico, his beard down on the floor, his, his fingernails like corkscrews because he was afraid to get a germ. And all the billions that he possessed could not get him free from fear. Isn't that something? Remember this famous rock star called John Lennon played with this little band called the Beatles? Do you know that he could not sleep at night without a light on in his bedroom? Because he was so gripped with fear, all his popularity, all his money, all the people that he knew couldn't help him get free from fear. Fear is a spiritual tool that Satan uses to try to paralyze and mentally torment God's children. The second truth I learned concerning fear was fear will rob you of God's greatest blessings. How many of you know that? I mean, we've already talked about how it mentally torments you. It'll rob you of mental peace, but it doesn't stop there. Let me just give you a couple of blessings that fear will rob you from. Fear will keep you from experiencing God's promised provisions. Remember when Israel was delivered from Egypt and they were promised this land flowing with milk and honey? And they were headed there. They had a problem. Their problem was named Goliath. If you read that story in the Bible, the Bible says all of Israel was scared of Goliath and they stayed in the valley, stayed out of the promised land because they were afraid about this problem called Goliath. But you know what? The problem wasn't the real problem. The problem wasn't Goliath. The problem was the fear of Goliath. The problem was the fear of the giant. First Samuel 17, 24 said when the Israelites saw the man, they ran from him in great fear. How many of you know fear will make you run from your problems instead of face them? And sometimes the thing standing in the way of us of experiencing some great breakthrough in our life is only the fear that's within us that is keeping us from taking the step that God is wanting us to take in life. Fear of facing our problem of fear itself will keep us out of the promised land. So we got to deal with it. Remember talking to a lady one time and she just seemed to have the gift of finding losers. She would get in a relationship of a man that would abuse her, take advantage of her, and she would just, she would be left bleeding, all messed up, only to recover from that and just jump right back in another bad relationship with the same situation. And we were talking about it one day, and, she, and I said, you know, there's something wrong with your choice of men. Something is driving you to make the wrong choice of men. God's got better for you than that. How many of you agree to that? God's got better. And you know what? She got the revelation that what was motivating her to make the wrong choices was the fear of being alone. She was afraid to be by herself. And this fear was keeping her in bad relationships. Do you know she's not in a bad relationship right now? Because fear got broken off her life. Come on, can I get an amen? Come on, that's tremendous. Listen. Fear will keep you, rob you 
It's an important point. Fear will keep you out of what God has for you if you don't deal with it head on. Number two, fear will keep you from reaching your highest destiny and your possibilities in life. Do you remember that parable that Jesus told about the three guys that the master gave tallow to and he went on a journey and he said, I'm going to come back and do something with my tallow. Remember that parable? And the Bible says one was given five talents, one was given two talents, one was given one talent. Now, the word talent, as you read that parable, it actually means abilities, giftings, and capabilities. And so the first two men, the Bible says, used their abilities, giftings, and capabilities, invested them, and they ended up multiplying their gifts, abilities, and capabilities. But there was one guy, instead of investing it, he dug a hole in the backyard and he hid it. And when the master came back, the master told the first two guys, man, you are awesome. What great faithfulness. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to give you more gifts, abilities, and capabilities. But one guy, he came up to him and he said, man, what did you do with the, with the one talent I gave you? He said, I buried it. And he said, well, you wicked servant. Give me that talent. Let me give it to somebody who's faithful with it. But do you know what motivated that guy to not invest his gifts, abilities, and capabilities? The Bible tells us in Matthew 25, 25, he said, the man who wasn't faithful said, so I was uh, and went out and hid your talent in the ground. What motivated him? Fear. Now listen, he was afraid of God. Even fear of God can rob you. Listen, we're supposed to have a healthy fear of the Lord. We're not afraid of God. Amen. There's a difference. There's good fear. How many of you know getting on the edge of a 20-story building, that's a good fear to not want to do that. Right? But this guy was afraid of God. So fear caused him to hide his talents and gifts and abilities. Fear can rob you, rob others, and rob God's kingdom. I believe that there's great gifts, talents, abilities in churches all across the world that the world is yet to experience, but they're hid in their churches because of this grip of fear. Remember, Paul told young Timothy, he said, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.67, this is why I remind you, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, power, love, and self-discipline. See, Paul understood that Timothy, being a young man, would be intimidated and he would be afraid to step out and use what God gave him. And so he says, don't forget the gift in you, Timothy. Fan in the flame that gift and don't let fear keep you. Can I tell you today, God has given you a gift. Don't let the enemy rob it. Don't hide it in the in the backyard. Come on, let God use that gift. Fan it into flame, amen? How many of you know you have a gift? Spiritual gift means the spiritual ability God gives you. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 10, each one has received a spiritual gift. Listen, God don't make losers. God don't make people without any ability. Come on, how many of you know that? God don't have a bad Monday. He didn't have a bad creative day when you were born. No, he created you with gifts and talents and abilities. And if you can grab a hold of that today, no telling how God can use you. Don't let fear keep you. Don't let fear rob you. Fear will keep us from doing what God wants us to do. I believe that there are people yet 
to enter into the kingdom of God. As soon as we get free from fear and we step out and just stand up for who we serve. Amen. I believe the enemy is trying to intimidate us and get us to cower down. And we're afraid to say, I'm a Christian. Well, come on. Everybody else is out of the closet. Why don't we come out of the closet and be the salt and the light that God created us to be? Come on. We need to get free from fear. Amen. Come on. We don't have to have no special ability. We got, we got a message that never loses. It's the message of Jesus Christ. Come on. Are y'all with me today? Amen. Come on. Each one has received a gift. You know, uh, this weekend, Tanya and them, they had over 200 ladies here for the ladies' encounter. They were rocking and rolling in here, right, ladies? But, you know, there was a lady here that uh, that been known Tanya for a long time. And uh, she hadn't seen, she'd never heard Tanya speak. And Tanya spoke Friday night and then again Saturday. And, and, and uh, I was here studying Saturday and I ran into her on her way out. And she said, Tanya. I said, yeah, isn't she fine? No. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm in trouble now. Y'all pray for me, all right? All right, I'm going to need an encounter after that comment. <laughs> no, but listen, you know, <laughs> you know, how many of you have been knowing Tanya for a long time? Miss Betty Joe, I know, you know. But see, when Tanya, when, when Tanya and I started in the ministry, Tanya couldn't tell you her name in, in, with a room of five people. She was so timid, right, baby? She was so afraid. And one day, Miss Babs and Brother Francis were on vacation and asked Tanya to share her testimony. And it was during a time of prayer and fasting. And that day she shared a testimony. The Spirit of God, as she shared about what was holding in the gripper. The Spirit of God delivered her, not only her, but all the other ladies. They all came. I happened to walk in the foyer while they were wrapping up and all the ladies were coming down, Kleenex and, and you know, and, and snot everywhere. It's like, what's what's going on? Who God moved up there. But you know what? That day, Tanya got delivered. She got delivered from fear. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you today. Listen, a third blessing fear will keep you from. Fear will keep you from your spiritual authority. I want you to see these two words in 2 Timothy 1.7 in the NLT. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. The NLT uses the word timidity and fear. Two words. Now, if you, if you do the study of the word fear, you're going to end up with timidity and intimidation. And so, you know, timidity means to be intimidated. It means to cower down with a sense of inferiority and fear. Timidity and intimidation causes us to be paralyzed in the realm of the spirit. And the enemy convinces us that it's humility that we just walk around with our head down. All the while, the enemy's trying to strap us and ride us with timidity and intimidation so that we won't stand up and use the spiritual authority he's given us. Because intimidation and timidity causes you to lose your spiritual authority. And the enemy has robbed the body of Christ of its spiritual authority using intimidation and fear. 
And it's time for the body of Christ to put fear and intimidation and timidity under its foot. God has not called us to walk around with our head down, shy, bashful, and afraid to tell the world who we are. God has given us a spirit of boldness that it's time for the body of Christ to rise up in their spiritual authority and do something for God. I need a better witness in the house of the Lord today. Come on. Come on. We need to stand up. Amen. And so listen, remember when Elijah, remember when he called down fire from heaven to burn up the sacrifice? Remember that? He said, okay, Baal's the right God. Well, come on, you build an altar, you put a sacrifice on there and ask Baal to set it on fire. He said, no, put some water on it first. And he said, oh, Baal must not heard yet. Can you pray again? Pray louder. Baal must not heard. They prayed and prayed. Baal never came through. Elijah put sacrifice. He said, come on, douse this, all this wood. Come on, put more water. Put more water on it. God, would you burn this sacrifice? Fire came from heaven. Burned up the sacrifice. Then he, he puts to death 850 false prophets. What a man of God. What a man walking in power and authority. And then the king's wife found out what he did. Her name was Jezebel. Heard of her? And Jezebel, the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, 1, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Tell him this for me. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow, Elijah, man of God, I have not killed you just as you killed them. And the Bible says in verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. You you take care of Jezebel. I'm going to pray. If you read the rest of the story, Elijah became depressed. He 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 was suicidal. Do you know when you lose your spiritual authority, the enemy will make you back you up into a corner and intimidate you so much that you think the only way out of this mess that you're in is through suicide? Come on. We need to call it what it is. There's an enemy out there that's got spiritual authority and he comes to intimidate the body of Christ and tries to back us up in a corner and make us give up on life. However, the Bible says... That God has given us power over all the power of the... He's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall injure us. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you find out who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, you will not back up in the corner and let the enemy try to talk you out of life. Amen? The enemy will try to take you out of your spiritual authority. Listen. King David overcame Goliath because the enemy wasn't able to steal his authority. The giant stood up and said, who are you, you little snotty-nosed boy? Who do you think you are coming against me? And he said, I'll tell you who you are. I'm not coming to you no sword or spear. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. 
I'm coming to you in my faith I have in the God that I serve, that he's greater than any Goliath, any problem, any circumstance, or anything that's here to face me. And he rose up in his spiritual authority, took the head off of Goliath, and put him on a trophy case. Amen? Because he never lost his spiritual authority. And so we got to hold on to our spiritual authority and not allow intimidation rob us from it. I could go on and talk to you some more. Whenever I was a youth pastor, you know, listen, you get in a room full of teenagers, it can be intimidating. Right? And I was just starting out ministry and I'd get in front of these teenagers and my knees were knocking. And I had planned everything I would say and I'd get up and I'd just totally lose it. And I'd go home with my tail between my legs. Another terrible night. Had kids in the back row playing their, their air guitars and stuff. But you know what? One day I got a breakthrough. And said, these kids, the enemy's trying to take them out. He's trying to take them. He's trying to take over and take charge of them. And these are kids that have been raised in church. And you need to, you need to let them have the word of God. And you need to encourage them in their faith. And all of a sudden, something happened in me. And from that time on, whenever I stood up in the front of those teenagers, I could care less about the rock and roll guitar going on in the back row. I was ready to declare the goodness of God and the land of the living. And all of a sudden, there was something in the spirit realm that began to break. And kids begin to turn around because I was beginning to operate in a spiritual authority. I wonder, I wonder what kind of breakthrough God has for you as you stand up in your spiritual authority and take your rightful place. Amen. So come on, the third and final truth I learned about fear is that fear is a spirit that can be broken off our lives. That's the good news right there. Amen. How many of you know that? You know, I told you that story about how, how terrible it was at Camco's gate trying to get into that warehouse. Because you see, even as a Christian, I was being tormented. I was paralyzed. I was begin, I was being manipulated and I was being robbed of God's peace all at the same time that I was coming to church and lifting my hands and worshiping God. So just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're free from fear. I found out that firsthand. Listen, I'm here to tell you that God wants to deliver you from the spirit of fear. If you can hear what I'm saying, God wants to deliver you from the spirit of fear. Amen. And so how do you do that? First, you face your fears. You got to face it. You see, God set me in the perfect storm. He set me up in the perfect storm. Well, I had no choice. I had to go to work. I had to go in the warehouse in the middle of the night. But you know what? That was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it made me face my fear. I had to face it. I had to deal with it. See, the first step to getting set free from fear is face it. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You got to be convinced that God wants you to be set free from fear. You don't have to be bound up and paralyzed by it anymore. Amen. King David, when he faced Goliath, that's whenever the thing started happening for him. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to be set free from your fear, call it what it is and say, that's fear. And that's not a good fear. That's a bad fear. And it's trying to control me. It's trying to manipulate me. And I'm tired of it. I'm a child of God. Jesus died so I could be set free. And I want to walk in that freedom. Amen. But number two, 
We've got to remember fear is a spirit. So attack it spiritually. You know, you can't just clench your fist and say, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Oh, come on. Y'all been there? It's a spirit that grips you. So it needs to be broken in a spiritual way. Listen, 1 John 4, 4 says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, God's spirit is greater than fear. God's anointing is greater than any stronghold of fear in your life. And when you face fear in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, things happen in the spirit realm. Fear has to back down and submit to the authority and the power of a living God. Amen. And so I think sometimes we've been just getting pelted by fear. The enemy pelting us by fear. And we got our guns and our holsters. We got our sword and its sheath. And it's time for us to take our sword out. To take our spiritual weapons out. Because the weapons of God are mighty. Amen. We need to take our weapons out and say, oh no. I'm not going to back down by this intimidation. I'm going to stand up in the name of Jesus. Jesus came to set me free. To deliver me. And I'm not going to cower down to it anymore. That spirit's got to be broken off my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then finally, you got to attack it with the sword of the spirit. You got to attack it by the word of God. You know, remember whenever I tell that story about I was quoting that scripture, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I got the revelation. What I'm fearing is evil. There's only one evil one, and it's not God. So I'm fearing the enemy. I am fearing evil things happening to me. And whenever I got the revelation of that, the word gave me revelation. Wow, this is what the problem is. I'm fearing that the enemy is in that warehouse. He's not a boogeyman. His name is Satan. And he's trying to intimidate me, thinking that he's hanging behind the the corner. And as soon as I come in, he's going to take me out. And then the last part of that verse Though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Then I got this, I got the thinking. Well, if Satan the boogeyman is in that warehouse, the Lord is going to walk with me into that warehouse. And if he pops out his ugly head before I even see him, the enemy, Jesus, my elder brother, is just going to take him out. And so all of a sudden, the word of God gave me the courage, gave me the strength. How many of you know it's good to know the word of God? Remember when Satan came against Jesus? He said, Satan, it is written. It is written. The power of the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, for the word of God is alive and it's powerful. Amen. And when you know the word of God, fear not for I am with thee. Child, you are mine. Listen what Isaiah 41 10. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Come on. You know, we don't have to fear. We can believe and trust God. Amen. Would you stand with me? Listen, if you don't deal with fear. You're going to you're going to you're going to make your children's lives miserable. I remember growing up. 
in the neighborhood, we had a lot of families, a lot of kids. And there was one particular kid in our neighborhood. He was a boy. We were boys. We were country boys. You know what I mean? We had dirt between our toes. And he, his mom wouldn't let him climb a tree. Because she was afraid that he might get hurt. If we don't deal with our fears, not only is it going to rob us, it's going to rob our families. Amen? Come on, God don't want us to live in fear. He wants us to live in faith. He wants us to trust Him. Is that right, saints? So would you bow your head with me for just a moment? If you're here today and you say, Todd, man, I can relate to being paralyzed with fear. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to just raise your hand. If you've got your hands raised, I want you to slip out of the pew and come down to the altar. I want you to come because I believe that you can be set free today. God doesn't want you to be tormented. If the enemy can't keep you out of heaven, he's just going to try to make your life miserable before you get there. But how many of you know Jesus didn't die just to get you to heaven? Jesus died so you could have peace. Jesus died so you could be free. Jesus died so you could have life. Now, come on, I want you to I want you to face that fear. I want you to face that fear. I want you to look at that fear. You know, see, for some of you, it might have been similar to me. Somebody might have scared you. Somebody might have, you might have had a traumatic experience growing up where somebody just, where fear came into your life. It could have been somebody walked out on you. Somebody abandoned you. Somebody dropped you. Somebody was unfaithful to you. Somebody scared you like me. Well, come on, let's look at that fear. It doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't mean it has to stay. It doesn't mean it has to stay. It doesn't mean it has to stay. Come on, you want to be free from fear today? Come on, I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord if you have that liberty right now. And say, Lord, I want to be free. Just begin to talk to Him and say, Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free from the spirit of fear. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want fear to grip me. I don't want fear to rob me. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free. Come on, just begin to cry out to God. Come on, cry out right now and say, Lord, set me free. I want to be free. Would you pray? Would you extend your hands out there? And would you pray right now that God's anointing would just come on this altar right now and begin to break that? Come on, declare. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come on, say it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come on, declare it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Come on. The love of God delivers you from fear. Come on. God is your is your, is your king. He's your master. He loves you. And once you get the love of God embracing your heart. You don't have to fear any longer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now in the authority of the name which is above every name that the spirit of fear is bound up in the hearts of those that are here. In Jesus' name, I declare that fear can't hold the people of God any longer. I declare this day in the name of Jesus that we are going to fear not for He is with me. I I will not be dismayed. I will not be afraid because the Lord is going to watch over me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on. If we can get some altar workers, just come and begin laying hands on those that are here. Thank you, 
Father God. Come on, bind it up. Break its power. Break its hold today. In the name of Jesus, we declare that fear is leaving right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, come on. Some of you out there, you've been afraid to fail. You've been afraid to be rejected. And you hid your talent. Come on. Would you be willing to say, God, I'm not going to allow fear to stop me any longer. I want you to use me. I want to reach my destiny. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, give your church great boldness, great spiritual authority. Father, I thank you that, God, you're releasing great confidence over your body today in the mighty and the powerful and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen. 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 Amen.